Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. 4 o'clock reset. All right, Lauren, you are the captain now. Take it away and get everybody caught up on what's going on in sports, and we'll just kind of chime in from time to time with what you got. Take it away. Is that how we do this thing? That's how the reset works? No, not, not really. You put it on a tee for us, and we just swing at it as hard as we can. All right, well, let's uh, get this game of t-ball started. There you go, something yeah. like that, yeah. Okay. All right, the Phoenix Suns lost to the Dallas Mavericks last night, 123-113. to Luka dropped 41. So what happened to the Suns last night? Here is head coach Frank Vogel after the game. Well, we're switching a lot. So, I mean, the primary defender, you know, uh, has little to do with it. Um, you know, trying to take them out of their action and, um, you know, how much double team we wanted to do was, was just, it was always going to be something we measured throughout the game. And, um, you know, it wasn't enough. Those were his comments on trying to defend Luca. What disappointed you guys the most from what you saw in the Phoenix Suns last night? Kevin Durant. Even KD said, look, I expected of me. Everybody expects this to me. I just got I got to make more shots. Yeah, I didn't make shots. He's like, I get paid enough. I should. I, I should get shoot. paid a lot of money. Well, yeah. I get paid a lot of money. I should shoot better than that. Mm-hmm. KD was the, was the biggest disappointment. Gimbo's got it right. That and once again, 29 points off of 16 turnovers. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, it's just not going to get it done. Grayson Allen should have pulled the, you know, the, uh, the remember the Titans thing. Too small? No, uh, Papedian. Papedian. I can't stay with him. Yeah. I can't stay with him. Papedian. Luca was punishing Grayson Allen. Right. Last night. He, Grayson should have looked at both. Papedian. I was also very impressed with Kyrie last night. He looked oh, he like great. a bolt of lightning for the Mavs, for sure. And in an attempt to heal Mitch from his illness, Jokic had a triple-double last night for the Nuggets in a 130-110 win over the Wizards, which gives him at least one triple-double against every opponent. Yeah, so if you see Mitch on a flight back from Denver Let today, us know, yeah. Let us know. We want to know. Um, because we we think that might be the case. Here. Yeah, it was a, took the whole week off. In that regard, it was a bad night for the Suns and just about everybody won. And even the teams that lost, they only lost because they were playing other teams from the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah the Clippers lost all the city. Suns, right? And the, the Warriors beat the LA Lakers. Uh, Suns now sitting, and we'll talk more specifically about this coming up in the next segment. Suns now sitting in seventh. Season ends right now. They're in the play-in tournament. Yay! I can feel your excitement Yay. from here, Bernsey. And the Arizona Diamondbacks played their first spring training game of the year against the Rockies today. They lost three to nothing, but you guys will be out at Salt River Fields next Tuesday. So what do you guys want to see from the Diamondbacks during the Cactus League? There's not... I want to see the young guys who probably might... Not even make the team. Jordan Lola, Drew Jones. Yeah, I, those guys. Blaze Alexander would be another. I, I, yeah. I want to see that next wave of Diamondbacks players. Not that we're going to learn everything we need to know about them over these next few weeks, but like a Jordan Lawler at bat, I'll kind of stop what I'm doing and watch that. You know, I, I, I think that the Drew Jones at bat, I'll stop what I'm doing and watch that because I, I those guys, the roster's set. There aren't that many decisions to make. Results don't really matter for the Diamondbacks in the spring. Just making sure you manage the workloads, I think, is the most important thing for the D-backs. 100%. I want to look at the young guys. We'll just yell, stop the show. Yeah. Out there. If stop, we're out the there show, stop the show. Pause everything. Yeah, uh, just play a commercial. I'm going to watch Drew Jones at bat. Can we do that? 
No, 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 no. You guys have had a lot of requests about your Salt River Fields outings. We're very demanding, in other words, but we're divas when we when it comes to our baseball. We are. Jamal's nodding his head. Jamal, who's out there on remote with us all the time, is like, yeah, God, you guys are divas. Thanks, yeah, Jamal. Man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not nice, Jamal. I bought you lunch last time we were out together. Yeah, that's that's, that's cool. I mean, you should be nice. Be nice they sure though. are divas. Jeez. And back by... Back by demand here, Bernsey. I got this for you. Here's Boswell running out of time. Love gets it off off the front of the rim, and the Cougars hold on. The biggest win of Kyle Smith's head coaching career at Washington State. You guys that- see this coyote story? <laughs> Man. Nice try. Nice try. Hey, caught a player for a cocaine, a cocaine video? Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Damn. Back to Gambo's beloved U of A Wildcats. With that win, the Cougars last night completed the season sweep of the Wildcats. Yeah. There goes our number one seed. That goes on number one seed right now. Probably dropped to a two after that. I wouldn't. I mean, now, yes, but. Washington, how did Washington State get this good? Like, they were picked to finish at the bottom of the Pac-12. I don't know. I I thought the most. Had a four-point play at the end of the game. Yeah, and that's that's what won it for them. Um, It was was a, I didn't watch all of it. It was a little late for this particular talk show host, but I will tell you that it looked like a real, it looked like a really entertaining game to watch. Like a real back and forth, kind of a grind about kind of game. Really close. No team really separated themselves yet, but the first loss at home all season long and Kellen, who's a U of A alum and noted this on Twitter that if if you can hold U of A under 80, that seems to be like the magic number for them. You hold them under 80, you got a 50-50 chance of beating them. It's when they score over 80 and they play at that pace You can't keep up. Where you just can't keep up. That would seem to be slow down the tempo, slow down the game and you will get U of A in trouble. But Gambo's right. They're going to lose their for now, they're going to lose their top seed over this. You have nothing to say about the game. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I like you. I didn't. It was a late game. I didn't get. I didn't stay up to watch it because I was ultra focused on working on my son's notes All after right. the Suns game. All but right. it's a disappointing loss. They've had several in the conference. Uh, they'll still end up winning the Pac-12. You watch. They'll Washington State will lose will. a game and they'll end up winning it. Of course they are. Of course they are. They are one game back of Washington State right now. But ASU rallied back from down 25 last night to force overtime. But Bobby Hurley benched his whole starting five. Let's get, get your asses on the bench and give me five new guys because this ain't working. Well, it worked. It worked. Benching them because it forced yeah. overtime against the Huskies. They lost 84-82, though. Yeah. I saw Bobby after the game said, I, I really don't know how to feel about this game. Like, I want to be mad that we played so poorly to put ourselves in this position. But I also want to celebrate them because they came back and, and took a game that we had no business. I mean, just none. Sending that game in overtime. ASU ultimately lost. Um, but, yeah, I saw the same thing. He benched every single one of his starters and said, enough of you. I've, I've, to borrow I'm a lot, sick of you. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of all of you. Just get out. Get the bench in there. And it works for a little bit. But ASU lost. And GCU's seven-game win streak came to an end last night at Tarlington State, suffering a 77-74 to 74 loss. Well, it was a really crappy day for Arizona sports yesterday. <laughs> ASU lost. Basketball. ASU, U of A, GCU, and the Suns all lost. And the Coyotes just had to kick some guy off the team for a cocaine video. That like, too. It was a bad day in Arizona it, sports. It was. It's, you thought you had a bad day. Try being an Arizona sports fan. Yeah, it was a rough one out there. 
Speaking of Arizona sports, a former Arizona Wildcats quarterback, Jaden Delora, has withdrawn from Texas State and instead will head straight to the NFL draft. And in other NFL is news... He, is he going to get drafted? I, 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 you know, I... He lost the starting job. I, I was pausing, like, thinking the same the same thing. Like, why? I mean, like, I... Okay, good luck. Hey, you know what? Hey, guys got dreams? Maybe, but it doesn't seem yeah, he's like... He's a very good college quarterback. He ended up losing his job at uh, to Fafita at U of A. Yeah. Um, but maybe if you can get to be a sixth or a seventh round pick and somebody takes a flyer on you. We'll see. And in NFL news, the New Orleans Saints are reworking quarterback Derek Carr's deal to save 23 mil in cap space. Along with the Seahawks, they're also restructuring quarterback Geno Smith's contract to save roughly 5 mil in cap space. And Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield was playing on a one-year contract last year. He's slated to hit unrestricted free agency, but the Bucks are working on a new contract for him. On a related note on all of those NFL moves, the NFL today, and I'm reading this from Darren Urban over at azcardinals.com, the NFL announced this year's salary cap number. Holy crap a Last year it was $225 million. This year it's $255 million. It went up by $30 million? $30 million. Now it goes up for everybody, so yeah. the Cardinals don't have an inherently baked in advantage over here, but the Cardinals should have approximately $55 million in salary cap space. Some of that is obviously going towards the rookie pool and the rookie class and all of that. Everybody's got more than they thought. But, but the Cardinals now have more than they thought in free agency. By $30 million, it went up. I think Zabin Collins' number came out today, too. The If you wanted to... What, franchise tag? If you oh, wanted to um, pick up that option, oh, that, that, that 50-year option. Yeah, I don't think a big that. number. Not going to do that, yeah, no. No, no, the number was ridiculously high yeah. and surprised us. And finally, let's end with the story that everybody is talking about in the MLB. Have you seen the see-through pants? I've seen people underwear through the see-through pants. Does that count? Yes. Have you seen these? No. Yeah, the, everyone's all upset about the new uniforms in Major League Baseball. They've got a partnership with like Nike and Fanatics. Okay. And the players are really upset because they think the material is too lightweight, too sheer. Exactly. The pants are made by Fanatics and Nike's putting the logo on them. Yeah, and apparently you like picture, you see pictures, you haven't seen this story? You see pictures? I saw the story. I didn't, I didn't click okay. on it. You see pictures of, of like a player interviewing another and you can totally see what they're wearing under their pants. I mean, it's like so thin. You can totally see their, like their. Like if, if a guy was wearing SpongeBob underwear, you'd be able to say. You'd be able to say, hi, SpongeBob. Dude, why are you wearing SpongeBob yeah, underwear? You'd be able to say, SpongeBob square pants right. and, uh, all day long. Or if, if a guy was to. wearing like woman's panties, you'd be like, um. Well, yeah. Why are you wearing. That yeah. too. If, if they're pretty, they're pretty sheer. And I mean, Tony Clark. The head of the player association, he's pissed. Like they're like, we gotta fix this, guys. We can't do this. He's he's raising hell about it. Has been players aren't happy of, either, huh? None of the players, unless they're Nike players. And Nike players are kind of standing yeah. by the brand a little bit, but everybody yeah. else is like, this is. I see your fruit of the unacceptable. Looms. Yeah, this is totally unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, good we'll just say it leaves little to the imagination. It does. And that's your four o'clock reset. Thank you, Lauren. What a note to leave us on. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we turn our attention back to the Phoenix Suns. And as we talked about in the reset, yeah, it was a rough night for the Suns. It was a rough night for basketball in general, and it didn't help just about everything that went on around the league. Where the Suns stand in the standings is next on Burns and Gambo. 
It's Vince Murata. Join us Monday morning. We'll review how the Suns did against LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. Starting at 6 a.m. here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd embrace center court. The former peers on the Lakers coaching staff, now competitors. And it is a final score. Mavericks win it. 123-113 the final here at American Airlines Center. Dallas improves to 33-23. and The Suns fall to 33-23 and and lose the season series 2-1. And that was maybe the most important thing that happened last night. And there were a lot of important things that did happen last night as we welcome you back to the Bernstein Gambo Show. Suns lose to the Mavs, and by doing so, they have lost the tiebreaker to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, will these two, who knows what's going to happen over these next 26 games, but we don't know. But should the Suns and the Mavs end up tied, you're going to finish behind the Mavs. And, and that's potentially one of those losses that two months from now could look really really bad, depending on the Yeah, I mean, I just ran into Tim Ring in the hall, and we're going to be doing the show with him in just a little bit. We just talked about, like, you know, um, you know, I'm reporting that Beal is out, and it's very unlikely that Nurkic will play today. Like, you can't give this one away. Like, like these games, you, you have to win these games. Oh, yes, you like, do. Like, this becomes crazy to say it, but almost like a must-win game. Yes. You can't lose to the Rockets. I, I, I don't think it's that crazy, actually. I really don't. I, okay. I, I think it's... I hadn't thought of it like that. You can't lose these games. I don't think it's that crazy to think of tonight as a must-win game. With all of the teams yeah. that you're... Pl- like, the Suns' record against... I was chatting with Kellen Olsen last night, too, after the game was over. Just like, hey, what's their record? Because Kev, you know, Kellen knows all this stuff. Um, what's their record against teams with, like, a winning record? And he gave it to me. 15-16? They're 9-12. and, 16? N- they're nine and tw- not, not winning record. I'm sorry. Other playoff teams. Okay. 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 I'm sorry, winning now. They're nine and twelve against the other nine playoff play-in teams in the West. Nine and twelve. Yeah. That's their record. I mean, it's everybody that would play in the playoffs or a play-in tournament right now. They have nine wins and twelve losses. You can't lose to the Rockets. No, you can't. Can't lose to the Spurs. You can't. Like, you can't give away a game against a team that you are supposed to beat. You just can't do that. Back to back, those guys played a lot of minutes last night. Sure did a lot of heavy minutes for, for KD. Forty for KD, thirty nine for Booker last night. Now you got to yep. travel, not a big travel, but Dallas to Houston. You get in late. You cannot afford to let a game like this slip away. You've got to take care of business. And look, Houston's—I uh, say this kind of as a little bit of a warning. Uh, Houston's bad, but they're not. Pistons bad, you know, they're not Blazers bad. They're they're on the they're, they're not a playing team right now, but they're not among the very worst in the NBA. They've they've had a decent year. Not a great year, but a decent year. But no, I don't think you're I don't think you're speaking out of school at all. Yeah. To say that tonight's game is a must win, the next time you play the Rockets next Thursday is a must win. Right. They play the Rockets a third time after that, it's a must win. Yes, it it, it, it is because because of all for all the reasons that you said, I'll throw one more number. I heard this one driving in on Wolf and Luke today. No, the only team in the NBA that has more losses when leading at halftime are the Washington Wizards. Other than that, the Phoenix Suns have the second most losses of any team in the NBA when leading at the half. It's it's just well, they, they, there was a, they did that, they mentioned that on the broadcast last night. Oh, did okay about I, how bad the Suns were on uh, in the second when half. They in the second half, yeah. okay. I didn't know they I, I didn't they, know they threw they, that one out there last night. Yeah, they but. said they actually said the amount of. Um, I'm not sure if I wrote it down or something or I took a screenshot. They actually said like the amount of losses they had when they were leading it's at 11. the half. It's 11. Is that what it was? It, 11. Was, it was 11. Right. Yeah. That, that, the, and only the Wizards have more. I didn't realize they yeah. mentioned that yeah. last night during Crazy. the broadcast. But I heard it here on KTR. Now, so you've already lost the tiebreaker with the Mavs. That's problematic. 
you've already lost the tiebreaker with the Lakers, and I don't know if that's going to come into play or not, but that's out there. You've won the tiebreaker against the Golden State Warriors. Again, I don't know if that's going to come into play or not. To be determined are still the tiebreakers against Sacramento. You have one more game against them. The team that wins that game wins the tiebreaker. They won yesterday, Sacramento. Oh, yeah. You're tied in the loss column with Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, they played one less game. Mm -hmm. So they're showing Phoenix 7, Sacramento 8. Um, but that, like, if Sacramento wins the one extra game, you're tied with them, and then that tiebreaker comes comes into play. And you still, your tiebreaker against the Pelicans has yet to be determined because you've only played them one time. Suns have beaten them the one time. So they need to win one of their two remaining games against New Orleans to get the tiebreaker there. But you see what I'm saying is that everything's kind of in flux. Everything is jammed up real tight. Five through ten in the Western Conference. Losses. 22 23, 23, 23, 27, 26. That's five through the bottom of the play-in tournament. Yeah. Are all separated right now by four to five losses, and most of them separated by one or two losses. I, I don't know if you're with me on this. I haven't lost my faith that the Suns can make a deep run into the playoffs and beat anybody they play. I haven't lost my faith in that. I have lost my faith in their ability to get a top four seed and home court advantage. Because I just think my, the math doesn't work with the, you start to get four, five, six games behind these teams. Your schedule's brutal. You lose some tiebreakers. I just don't know if there's enough time to make up that many games. And with when you play in such a tough schedule, I don't know that you're going to have that seven or eight game winning streak like what the Mavericks are on right now. I had a little bit of hope that I was holding on to going into the break just because the Suns were, what, three games back of the Denver Nuggets in the loss column. And then Denver won the Phoenix loss. And and I thought maybe they were catchable. But then, yeah, Denver caught a break last night. They got the Wizards. They won. The Suns lost. And now, I don't know, maybe it's just that recency bias from watching them lose against the Mavericks. I am not. I still do believe the Suns can go on a long run in the postseason. I think they're going to have to do it as a five seed. Or a six. At this point, I'm so hoping, you're with me. I'm yeah, I'm with you. Five I'm, or six seed. I'm hoping that it's just a five or a six seed. There's no way they're going to be a play-in tournament team. There's no way they're too good. I just don't see it. I, I, I've I, said I all along, do, but I'm and listen, math, I, baby. I've lost my last two bets. <laughs> math. So I do not see this team as supplied. I told Ringo last night. I just don't see it, man. It might be five or six, but they're not going to be seven, eight, nine, or ten. I'm I, telling you, they're too good. I think they're too talented, but I also just cannot ignore what's going on around them. And what's going on around them suggests it's at least a possibility that they could. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, okay, what if the Suns have to play the Mavericks in the playoffs? It's unlikely, but it could happen. Suns have a Luka problem. How big of a problem is the Luka problem for Phoenix? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Wolf. The NFL Combine gets underway next week. So how much will the performances in Indy shake up the top of the draft? We get going Monday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. I said Monday at 10 a.m. Down to 10 on the shot clock. He drives to the right elbow. Gives it to Luka for a three straight away. He got another one. 41 points on the night for Luka Doncic. And the Mavericks get a dagger. With a minute 15 left, they're up 15. Well, we're switching a lot. So, I mean, the primary defender, you know, uh, has little to do with it. Um, you know, we trying to take him out of their action. And, um, you know, how much double team we wanted to do was was just, it was always going to be something that we measured throughout the game. And, um you know, it wasn't enough. Can I tell you real quick, last night was kind of a first for me. Yeah. Like, Luke is easy to hate. 
Right. Well, I think we can universally acknowledge Luke is a, if you're, unless you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, Luke is an easy player to just, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about Devin Booker, and I acknowledge that. Oh, Let, Dallas fans hate Booker. Oh, yeah. As much as Phoenix fans hate oh, Luke. Totally agree. Totally agree. Dallas fans, they hate Book. No dispute here. Last night, though, was the, f- I think, the first time when watching Luka Doncic that I wasn't completely overwhelmed with hatred for him. And I was able to admire his shot-making ability. He is an incredible offensive basketball player. And I know that goes without saying, obviously, with everything that he's done. But last night, I I don't want to use the word appreciate, because I don't think I appreciated Luka Doncic. But I noticed his offensive skill, and it kind of was overriding over how much I hate him. And how much he makes me, you know know what what I'm saying? Sure. Like a player that you just, oh, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. But you appreciate his greatness. Man, last night, it was hard not to look at him and go, man, he is so good. He's, he's just, he had the Suns on a string last night. That, that, that whole third quarter run they went on 16-0 to start the third quarter. That was just Luca, you know, watch this, step back three. Hey, watch this, step back three. I'm going to cut into the lane. You're all going to collapse. Watch this. I'm going to kick it out. There's Josh Green. Boom, wide open three. He made it look so easy last night. He is a very, I hate him. I hate him. But last night, I I guess I appreciated the skill that he brought to the table. He's a, he's. He's good. I think we've always kind of known that, right? I mean... What, how good he is? Yeah. Just how skilled he is and everything. And you just, it just gets better and better to where he's one of the top players in this game. He's one of the top players in the world. Like, it's. He's still Luca. And the Suns could have drafted him. He had that moment where he chucked the ball at the referee. Oh, yeah. And and, got the tech. And the ref teed him up. And Luca's, and as soon as Luca did, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I threw it too hard. Oh, don't. What are you doing to me, right? Yeah. I threw it too hard. It's easy for Suns fans to hate Luca. It's easy for Dallas fans to to hate Book. I mean, the same thing we say about. And I'm sure they re- they respect Booker's game the same way we respect Luca's game. You know, they're both great players. Luca's better, um, but they're both great players. Yeah, it was. Suns have a Luca problem. Uh, they, they mentioned do. it last night during the the TNT broadcast. Reggie Miller. Luca has absolutely just owned Phoenix over the last couple seasons. By the way, before we get too deep into this conversation, I probably should have started with this. Uh, You reported earlier Bradley Beal is out. Bradley Beal is out. You reported earlier that Yusef Nurkic is out. Yusef Nurkic is out. Neither one of them will play. It's been made official. They're hoping that Nurkic will be back Sunday against the Lakers. Beal could be one more game, but he will either be back Sunday or Thursday. So you got the Lakers Sunday. You got the Rockets Thursday. I reported a couple hours ago that both Nurkic and Beal would be out today, and they are both listed as out now. All right, so back to the Luka conversation. Well, you know, we're going to preview the Suns Rockets with Tim Ring when he's in here at 5 o'clock for Here Comes the Suns. Are, is the Suns' biggest problem with the Mavs, Luka and Kyrie, or is it how the Mavs seem to defend the Suns every time they play them? But that's well, a really what, great what, question because it's, it's both, right? It's both. It's it's both. both. But are you saying which is more? Which is bigger? Which is the bigger the problem? Big, the bigger problem is Luka. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't okay. have an answer. I mean, the guy almost... The guy almost had a triple-double. I mean, he dominated the game unlike, you know, like uh, we've seen it before with Booker dominating games and Durant. So I don't want to say unlike anything we've ever seen before. But he was the best player on the floor. He was the best player. It wasn't close. Booker played a good game. Luka was better. He he really affected the game in so many ways. Um, so that's an issue. 
the way they defend the Suns is definitely another issue. And this goes back to the playoffs, you know, when they were able to use the way they the way they used Dorian Finney-Smith, the way they used Maxi Kleber, the way they defended the Suns and took Chris Paul out of it. And, you know, Devin Booker, they were so great in how they did that and I've always been blown away by it and you know any conversations I've had in the, you know with with Jason Kidd in the past and we talk about it it's always um, you know it, I'm always fascinated by how well they played last night they decided to blitz KD when he had the ball or Booker but play a zone mm-hmm. so that Behind way that, yeah. that way they were feeling like okay we're in a zone we're not going to just guard man to man to leave somebody completely wide open we're going to play a little bit of a zone here to where if you make the pass, somebody's going to be able to get to you in two steps. So they did a really good job of of throwing a big out there and, you know, clogging it up to where Durant and Booker had a hard time driving. Yeah, and you're right. The answer is it's Luka. It's not like the Suns were awful offensively last night. They shot 48%. They shot 42% from three. The percentages were there, but they only scored, what, 22 in the fourth quarter. So they weren't great. They weren't elite offensively when they really needed to be to try to get back in that game. I don't know. It's just, it's been ever since that playoff series two years ago, it does seem like outside of the one game they played in Dallas a few weeks ago where the fan got kicked out for joking about Doncic in the treadmill and the and the Suns just blew the doors off of the Dallas Mavericks. With no Kyrie. Game. With no Kyrie. And Kyrie, that's kind of where I was going with this. Kyrie clearly makes a difference. I, I mean, we've known that. We just haven't seen it because Kyrie hasn't been available for either one of the games. Kyrie clearly makes a difference. I just, I hope, I hope that when this is all said and done and the Suns are in the playoffs, could you imagine a 7-8 matchup in the play-in tournament and you got to play the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, would that not be the ultimate sort of... One game, winner take all. Well, I mean, well you could still it win. Be. You could still win. lose and still get in. You'd have to be, you know, but but I, I I was, we were talking earlier in the show, and I'm like, well, chances are good you wouldn't have to face Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs because we're talking about the Luka problem and the Kyrie problem. You might have to play the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. You could. It's not... I, I was. I know you have a hard time believing the Suns could be in the playing tournament. Know, and talent wise, I, I tend to agree. I really Campbell, do. This is a this is a five car right. pile up in the Western Conference right now. Any with the Suns right. schedule, anything could happen. So this is what I was thinking about last night. The uh, the ninth and the tenth place teams in the East are the Bulls and the Hawks. They both suck. Yes. The ninth and the te- tenth place teams in the West are the Lakers and the Warriors. Yes. They're both playing like, really well. What a freaking right now. difference! It's a freaking difference. Like the Hawks, it's a big freaking difference. The Hawks are seven games under 500. The Bulls are four games. They're terrible. Both of those teams are terrible, right? They're not good, even though Atlanta beat Phoenix. But those teams aren't good, and that's your teams that are going to— your seven, eight, nine, ten is Orlando, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta. Compared to right now, Suns, Sacramento, Lakers, Warriors. What a big difference that is. Huge difference. I, man, I keep—there might be a point where I just have to, like, come off of this— a high horse that I'm on that the Suns are not going to be a play-in tournament team. But I'm still sticking with the fact that, to me, there's no way the Suns are going to be a play-in tournament team. They're going to pass New Orleans and Dallas, and Sacramento's not going to catch them, nor the Lakers, and they're going to end up fifth. Yeah, They're just going to end up fifth. I, I, I hear you. Here's where I'm just getting a little more worried about it now, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. Here's what worries me about it. We all know how tough the schedule is from here on out for the Phoenix Suns. Last night was a test in that regard. And they didn't pass. 
They, like if we're if we're all talking about the Suns have to do this, that, and this against the toughest schedule remaining in the NBA. Last night against one of the better teams they'll play, but certainly not one of the best teams they're going to play. They failed that test, and I'm just worried that the schedule more than anything will be the thing that pushes them into the play-in tournament. That, that the Suns, if they're not good enough to beat Dallas after a full week's rest, when they go up against Boston and their eliteness, when they go up against the Clippers and how elite they are, the Nuggets, and that that schedule ultimately is going to, no matter how good the Suns are, are just the Suns aren't going to have enough time or enough games to be able to get out of the play-in tournament. If they lose either of their next three games, I promise You'll you get that, off it. You that I am going to... Stop saying that they're a lock for not being in the play-in. If they lose either of the next three, Houston, Lakers, Houston. If they lose any of those games, I'm going to come off of that. Okay, There's no way they're going to be a play-in tournament. I am going to hold you to that. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It's like us in podcast form. If you want to listen on your time, not on ours, that's cool. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. You can listen to us on the trail, at the gym, wherever you're at. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Download it. Subscribe to it. It's brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, Cardinals are sitting at number four in the NFL draft. If all the quarterbacks are gone, do they go wide receiver? If Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, do they still go wide receiver? Because one top analyst thinks the wide receivers, the three of them, are that good in this draft that the Cardinals should. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we're going to watch tonight, and it is brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Find the one closest to you or open an account today by going to globalcu.org. Suns basketball on tonight. It's the reason why we're playing this a little early. They've taken on the Houston Rockets tonight at 6 o'clock. Now, you and I are going anywhere. We'll be doing Here Comes the Suns with Tim Ring, just like we did yesterday from 5 until 5.30. But we do have an early start time tonight, 6 o'clock, Suns of the Rockets, and once again, to reiterate, no Bradley Beal, no Yusuf no Nurkic. The hope is that Nurk will be back Sunday against the Lakers. Beal will either be Sunday against the Lakers or Thursday against the Rockets. So not sure on which one, but one of those two. So Nurk should be back in the next game. Beal could be back in the next game, but it might also be one more. Okay, so we'll see. Uh, and of course, we'll see how the Suns manage that tonight. And I imagine we'll be talking a lot about that with Tim when he pops in here at 5 o'clock. For his show, Here Comes the Suns, but since it bleeds over into ours, we'll hang around, do a little roundtable style with Tim Ring from 5 until 5.30 to get you ready for that game. Uh, that is what's on tonight. Diamondbacks were already on earlier today. I think it was on MLBTV.com. They lost to the Rockies in their Cactus League opener 3 to nothing. Again, not worried about results, more interested in the players and just kind of how they look and how they feel and seems and things like that. Um, so that's what's on tonight. This weekend, obviously busy weekend of sports as well between the Coyotes, ASU, U of A, then Suns again on Sunday. This is Daniel Jeremiah. He is a draft expert from NFL.com, the NFL Network, former NFL scout. Uh, he's kind of like their Mel Kuyper Jr., you know, on NFL Network. I, I, I like him. I think he's good. It's not always right, but not all of them always are. He did a big, long conference call yesterday with a bunch of reporters. And specifically, somebody asked him about Marvin Harrison Jr. And if he's not there at four for the Cardinals, 
should they go with one of the other wide receivers in Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors? Here's what he said. I would take I, I would take one of the wideouts personally. I think I think if you just look purely off of grade and not um, you know positional value, I tweeted this out the other day. I think you could make a case the three highest graded players in this draft are those three receivers. Um, they are outstanding. I think they're all going to be number one guys uh, where they go. Wow. It, there's a lot to like about all of them. Um, I brought up to you earlier the thing that really, I don't know if it scares me about neighbors, but he's the smallest out of the group. He's six feet tall. Right. But then I preface that by saying that my favorite wide receiver in the league is Amon Ross St. Brown. He's six feet tall, 5'11", six feet tall. I think he's fantastic. So if you want the bigger receiver, you're going to go with the Dunze or Marvin Harrison Jr. The, the Cardinals don't have size at wide receiver. I don't have a lot of it, and we don't know if Hollywood Brown is coming back or not. So just something to keep your eye on is what is their preference of wide receiver? Would they rather have some size, or are they okay with a smaller wide receiver? Yeah, it's just, it's int- and we're still two months away from this, so we've got a long time to go before any decisions are made about this. But we're, we're playing out the hypotheticals in our mind. You and I have been doing it for a couple of weeks already. Okay, quarterbacks go one, two, three. The Cardinals are sitting at four. Do they just take... Marvin Harrison Jr. Does somebody want to move up to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Do they move back? But then there's the other scenario where quarterbacks go 1-2, but Harrison Jr. goes at number 3. And in that moment, the Cardinals might find a taker of somebody who wants to move up and take whatever quarterback's left. What's the chances they don't trade that pick if if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes 3? Like, I think it's slim. I think they're trading. Uh, I I think the... I think they're trading, too. But I can't see the Patriots not... Doing exactly what we're talking about with the Cardinals. Taking a quarterback. Hey, we're not going to take a quarterback. Well, then trade. Trade. Trade to somebody that wants the quarterback and go get five extra picks because you need a lot of help. Yeah, but depending on how Monty Austin Fort and his crew do their board, if they come to the same conclusion that that Daniel Jeremiah has, that, hey, these receivers, and and you're right about neighbors. I, I mean, I haven't done like a total deep dive into both of those guys. I think right now, today, on February 23rd, I like Roma Dunze a lot better than I like Malik Neighbors. I, I, I like the Fitz comp. I like the physicality. I like the toughness. I like the. I, I think I like him better a little bit than Malik Neighbors, but I, I reserve the right to change my mind on that one. If the Cardinals do their review and they say, man, these wide receivers, they're all number one guys, and the next great wide receiver doesn't exist in this draft because of the fall off from number three to number four, Maybe they do. Maybe they do take a wide receiver. I'd prefer they do both. Trade down from four. Go down a couple spots in the draft. Trade down like they did last year. Trade down, but then trade back up. And then go get Roma Dunzi, and you still But have- if Jeremiah thinks that those guys can be gone in the top six, you may not be able to get... And I think it's crazy because I think the offensive linemen are going to go. You might have to go back to six to get one of those wide receivers if you wanted to. Isn't six the Giants? Six is the Giants, yes. They need a quarterback. They do. They need a lot of stuff, too. I don't know. It's it's. I keep thinking of what the Cardinals did last year in my mind. Like there as the blueprint. Well, not as a blueprint, but just as yeah, I guess a little bit as like a little bit of a guide. They were at three. Too high to take Paris Johnson Jr. They go to 12. 
They're not going to get Paris Johnson Jr. So you come back, come up. back to mm-hmm. six and get Paris Johnson Jr. Could they do that with one of the offensive linemen? Yes. Yeah. Could they do that with one? Of, if they find a dance partner, could they do that with one of these other wide receivers not named Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yes, they could. But I, I agree with you. I, I don't know how the Patriots don't take a quarterback. I think they have to. I think they have to. I think that they've got to trade. Well, I, I think if they don't love the quarterbacks, now if they love the quarterback, then you take it and then you 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 spend this draft and the next two drafts trying to build around them. Because, you know, you may not be in a position where you have a top five pick again. So if you love one of the quarterbacks, take the quarterback. But yeah. if you don't, then they should trade. I didn't realize that some evaluators thought so highly of the other two. Like they're all number one wide receivers. To hear a top evaluator say maybe the three best players in the draft outside of position are the three wide receivers, I wasn't expecting I hadn't heard that. that before. We are not out of here. We're going to be joining Tim for Here Comes the Suns. That's next here on Arizona Sports. Stay tuned. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.